All right, welcome to the Kai Pass Fisher Podcast. This week, sitting down with Steve Owens and Ryan Lambert, Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers, the guys that have set this thing up. They're running it, uh, I'd say running it into the ground, but it's quite the opposite. You guys are like just ridiculously focused and, and turning this thing into into the center center of kayak fishing. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Just got off the lake trying to find some fish for our state championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Just got through mowing and uh, just trying to get the lowdown on what Ryan's trying to get so I can kind of scoop it <laughs> in and get some scraps. Yeah. Okay, so Ryan, right off the bat, how was your day on the water? Let's be specific, complete with GPS stuff for Steve. Uh, it was good. Uh, I, I'd heard the bite had been tough, so I, I ran up to the back of some creeks where I knew some cold water would be, would be coming in, and I stuck uh, – Stuck a few good fish up there and, and made a move to the other side of the lake and found a, a really good grass line. And I pulled pulled a few 18s off of it. No monsters, but uh, I think it's a, a good starting point. Steve, you're going to have to contact him separately for actual locations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got trail um, cams. Trail cams on some of these boat ramps. So those, those will work. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, so you guys, you're wrapping your season up, but your season – actually starts November 16th out on Dale Hollow. What's the what's the skinny with that? As most people are wrapping their season up, you guys are kicking yours off. Well, we actually uh, designed that, like uh, Garrett Campbell and myself we, we, <laughs> and, and his dad and, and four or five others, we, we like the, the cold, ugly, you know, kind of weather. And a lot of it was some smallmouth fishing up north some. You know, they bite when it's like that. And we were like, dude, let's just get some kind of tournaments like that. And with our club, it's so competitive. We actually have a, uh, a 10 event schedule. So I think Ryan will remember our first full year as a club, we fished until the last Saturday before pre-fishing cut off for the state championship kicked off. So the next year we fished and it's very hard to cram 10 tournaments from February to August 31st because you get about seven, eight weeks of just murderous temperatures. So we, we tried <laughs> yeah. the November, December too. And, and so far, uh, three out of the four have been pretty good tournaments. One of them was the Rocky Mountain Skunk Fest, but that technically was January. But So we, we do the two like that, and then we take a break for three or four months because we, you know, we got hunters and then obviously frigid temperatures. And then when we get back up in February, it's it's pre-pre-spawn and then pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn. And then we try to just hammer it out to where hopefully next season, weather permitting, we'll be done the first or second week of June. And then you have all of June, July, and August, and September off. So your kids are out of school. You can do vacations. You can pre-fish with – you can fish with other clubs. You can hit some of these national trail events those championships are around that time as well. So while November and December can suck for some people, you know, our club numbers kind of show we average 20 ish, you know, we had 48 at the last one with a, a partner with the 10 cat guys in Knoxville. So, you know, we, we, we kind of grab about it when you're up in the morning, but once you get on that water and you stick one, you know, it's, it's over with, uh, but it's just, it's a, it's a happy balance. You know, there's a few that don't like it, but you know, it's just like with anything else. Some people don't like it when you have to punch and frog bite. You know, some people like it when it's, you know, dragging a worm in 25-foot season. So it's kind of the same thing, except for you're freezing your balls off. So <laughs> That's been known to happen. Uh, so, you know, we talked, I talked about the intro with the growth and, you know, the economic support you guys are, are working on bringing to the area. And then I think the goal, Ryan, as you and I talked about earlier today, was just, kind of making making this this spot in the country the center of kayak bass fishing when do you want to break that down a little bit for us i mean uh we we've been we've been working on it we get a lot of good support from uh from the municipalities whether it's dayton or uh scottsboro you know jackson county area marshall county um they really buy in on these events and and steve-o has been the tournament director for the the biggest events that have that have been held around here with the exception of of the FLW I think that's the only one that that Steve-O was not TD on so you know being able to put on these events and and bring people in and and have a good time uh you know they they take notice and 
we're open to, uh, we actually have a contact in Chattanooga and uh, we're hoping to work with the Chamber of Commerce there in Chattanooga and, and put on a, a good tournament down on the riverfront downtown. Uh, we haven't decided, you know, what, what kind of tournament it's going to be, but that's kind of our goal. We want, we want Chickamauga and Gunnersville on the, on the map, on the top of the destination list for these kayak tournaments. Makes sense. And from a, so from a local club perspective, how do you guys feel when other organizations, all, whether it's, you know, KBF, KBS, FLW, you know, and, and the list goes on, Hobie, I mean, it doesn't matter. How, how does that work within your clubs? I mean, how's, how do you guys feel about that when they come into your area and, and plop an event in where you may already have something scheduled, um, et cetera, et cetera. Is that something that kind of upsets the apple cart or how's that been working for you guys locally? I don't think it bothers us too terribly much. Um, and typically, you know, Ryan's connected, uh, you know, very, very deeply in the community and, and I'm pretty deep as well, you know, so we kind of know these things are coming and we're generally consulted. Um, but in the end, you know, we don't own a thing and, and we don't care because, you know, flat out, it's just one less thing we have on our plates to deal with. Uh, secondly, you know, we can fish it without having it in the back of our minds, you know, because for me, it's always a concern. I want everybody to enjoy the event and it does take away from me sometimes. I've learned how to channel it. Uh, well, we I talked about you. Yeah, yeah, you and I have talked about this at length over the past couple years about how on the Sam Hell you can go fishing event and and stay focused past a couple hours on the water because you're you're stressed out about what's going not stressed, but you want to make sure, hey, are, are the eyes dotted, the T's crossed, you gotta get off the water early. You know, you're usually the last one on the water as well. So I yeah. I definitely I know how I guess like I said, you never talked about it for, for quite some time. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan kind of put it and, and got my focus on it, you know, a little while back because, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't have, you know, confidence in the ability to do anything, you know, beyond our local stuff, but the opportunity was there and nobody was doing it. So I did. And he was, he's always been like right there, you know, to just kind of like be a set of training wheels, so to speak, until I didn't need it anymore. But the confidence I've gained from him is invaluable to where now I feel like I can do anything. Uh, but having said that, I think our big events are getting so popular that when you creep around a hundred, yeah, you, you kind of do need to, to sit back and just take a, you know, take this one off for the betterment event in the community. And that sucks. But in, in certain instances, I'd be willing to do that just so that we do have that good event and it's 150 or and then 200 and then 250, you know? Um, so, you know, it, that, that was a point we touched on earlier in the season, uh, just, you know, because of a few uh-ohs and, and it turned out, you know, it's just kind of from a lack of support from, uh, you know, what we were trying to do. Uh, but, but, you know, like with everything else he and I have ever done, you know, there's uh-ohs, but there's typically not repeated. So, We've learned right. and, and we know how to handle it now. And uh, we've got this next one for Native set up um, with some very good support, you know, from from some people. So I think we'll be golden in it. Well, yeah, and I want to get to that Native event here in a, in a few minutes. But, one, I want to cover down on this. Ryan, you just got referred to as a set of training wheels. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure that that, that, that is out in public. I want to you know, reiterate that once again. You guys got, you know, went and fished the, the Hobie Bass Open Series. Um, yeah. Right? Uh, Steve-O Steve took his training wheels all the way off in that one. Steve, that's <laughs> exactly what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. Steve, why don't you, why don't you let everybody know how, how you railed on that one? Ah, man, it was, uh, you know, I didn't have time to fish it. But, you know, because, you know, they had the one here on Chickamauga. And just, I mean, I could have just sat there all weekend and just watched the people cipher in and out and just the smoothness of it. Uh, it was just good to hang out. You know, I would have paid money to just get to talk and eat pizza with people that those, but, right. but the one on Gunnersville, you know, it was like, you know, this is the end of the season, you know, he and I are getting ready to do native and then the state championship. And then, you know, kind of try to get a little bit of downtime. So I was like, you know what, man, you know, we love AJ and Kevin, let's just go support it, you know, because it, if it could have been five hundred dollar event, you need 
to support it because it's that important because of the recognition and exposure it's getting. So, so anyway, I, I fished it, you know, I, I got down and pre a little bit and got on a, just a worm and a, and a little bit of moving bait bite, you know, and found a spot that had some decent fish, you know, and uh, it was actually a friend of mine's spot who couldn't fish it, pre-fish it. So I checked it out, didn't want to. So, you know, uh, as long as I put the brad away, it seems to pay off. So day one, we went and fished, you know, the typical pattern, you know, it was up shallow in the grass and uh, mm -hmm. got a decent limit, you know, nothing crazy. I think I was about 20th when we decided to move and go hunt for big girls. And uh, Chris was a little higher than me. He had gotten a, a pretty good fish. I'd gotten an 18 and three quarters, and I think he got a 19 and a half. So in hindsight, we should have realized we were in the big fish spot. But So we finished fishing, and, and he didn't get a fish where he went to. And I went to a bridge I love to fish, and I called up one inch after five hours at the boat ramp. So I uh, should have saved myself mm. a lot of time there. But anyway, that's fishing. So... You know, yeah. but I had, you know, I'm notorious for anxiety on the second day, but I was <laughs> chill. I was chill, and I was just like, you know what, man, I'm having a good time. I've got my limit, and uh, so he, we all hung out, and then day two, we got up and went back to the same pattern, you know, five quick fish. Depending on the limit, we're going to stay here today, or we'll move back to the spot I had went to for big fish, because there were... They were fish in there, but they just wouldn't bite. And uh, my friend, our friend, Jesse Halverson was down there fishing and, and uh, you know, he had done really well pre-fishing. So we got in there that morning and, you know, our club has had two straight back-to-back -back disqualifications in the Tennessee State Championship for accidentally casting first. So <laughs> I make certain I do not cast until two minutes after. Yeah. Well, five yeah. minutes after, you know, I, 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 made, my, I made one cast second cast third cast with a chatterbait and i f kept fouling in the grass because i couldn't see well so i grabbed uh my underspin and uh first cast i got a nibble i was like that's too early for bluegill to see this so i made the second cast and it was like a 16 incher fifth cast uh 15 something third cast 18 and three quarter seventh eighth cast 21 and a quarter and i had 82 and a half inches in in 45 minutes, which was about a total of 15 casts. So, nice. you know, that was it, you know, and, and I was like, I, you know, Chris was a little ways away from me. So I paddled over and I said, dude, I want to post these fish and just get a screenshot of being a leader one time. <laughs> <laughs> he said, man, do it. And I'll be honest with you. I was scared to do it because I can't tell you there's been about four or five tournaments where Ryan has called it in. And I've said, I've called excited and be ahead of him. And him turn it on and come back. And do it. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, but I did. That's like that, look, man. That's like playing cornhole with him, bro. Don't think you're ahead. Oh, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so Steve did yeah. that, and I saw it on the leaderboard. And about probably forty minutes after that, I I passed him up and sent him a screenshot of, of us one and two. <laughs> <laughs> half an inch. It's half an inch every tournament. So, so yeah, we were sitting and Chris said, and then Chris, he pulled in some nice ones and he was third or fourth. So here you had Lambert, myself, Chris Walters, who's in TVKA with us. Jordan Marshall, Marshall was an angler of the year, second or third year of our club. Um, and, and, and inched Lambert out with a 25 and a quarter inch bass, or he would have had back to back ones. So, you know, and then Eric Thomason from Maryville, you know, he fishes with 10 cat up there and fishes with us down here. So there was five out of six were us guys. Man, that was something awesome. So Chris was like, dude, what do you think? And I said, buddy, we're here. And he said, yeah. let's, let's ride it out. So we moved. Yeah. What we didn't do on day one because we just wanted to leave the spot alone was we didn't get down in the eight, nine, ten-foot water and just get the, the plastic down in there. So we did that this time, and they yeah. were in there. So – you know, I just, I caught another 20 something and then another 17 and another 20 something. And I looked and, and Josh was three inches ahead of me. And, and, you know, I kept trying, but, you know, uh, sadly I didn't get it, but I was still happy with the day with 90 half, 98 and a quarter. I think it was. So. No, it was freaking solid, man. I, I was watching that stuff kind of play out and, um, you know, knowing, like I said, the conversations you and I've had over the over the past, or maybe a few beers while while sitting at Gunnersville, knowing the the anxiety spin out factor on a day two, I was like, well, yeah. oh, okay, 
hang on, brother, hang on. You know, yeah. it was good. I, I can't good be so last, you know, with uh, – I mean, it's so excited to see – to watch that happen, to watch Steve. Because Steve and I have fished a lot of big two-day events together. And, I, you know, it, it makes me so nervous. And I, I call Steve a lot and I try – you know, I want to see him do good more than myself and watching that happen i mean i i'm not saying i didn't want to qualify for the toc that was my entire goal but i was hoping mm-hmm. steve would win the damn thing i'm sitting there like you know on eggshells waiting on him to call one more time it was yeah. awesome and, and, and yep. seeing and, and the and the messages and and looking over you know kbn and and you know our own personal pages and texts and phone calls and stuff uh just the the content and quality, just the people, the sheer amount, and the the people who were so happy and congratulatory to me was humbling because I had this year I did understand I had made it as a tournament director and I catch really really good fish. But this weekend, that right there, just that kind of praise from those people being as happy for me as they were Josh winning it totally, you know yeah. that that meant a lot. You know, you just you know that that people care, you know, when that happens. And, and that's awesome. Cause you know, I work, I work my butt to the bone a lot, you know, trying to get as much as we can for everybody, because the way we look at it is if we're going to eat, you're going to eat too, you know, and sometimes yep. that's appreciated. Sometimes it's not, but either way, we're going to be who we are. And that's why, like he said, we want this place to take over. We want these two areas to be it, you know? Uh, so Absolutely. So, uh, ne- next stop is uh, the Hobie TOC, then, as far as tournament stuff goes. Well, I mean, obviously, you got a few other events in, in play first, but that's that's going to be the big season ender for us. Myself, yeah. Steve, and Terry Golden, uh, we all qualified for it. So, we're going to load up and carpool out there. And uh, you'd love to be a fly on the wall in, in that ride, I'm sure. We're going to oh, yeah, have a good time yeah, on the way out there. Man, if, I had no, if I had, you know, some free time. I I do that. I'm just coming to eat some free pizza, hang out, and laugh my ass off. So yeah, it's going to be a really good event. There's some. I mean, obviously, the way they set up the TOC, it it is the the cream of the crop. You know, I mean, it's it's guys that have busted their butt to qualify, and it's just a handful. I think what it's what fifty, Steve. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah fishing for the first place of forty grand. So and so, what do you guys think? I mean, that st- that that sticks out to you. I mean, you guys have been doing this for a while, obviously from a term director standpoint, and just a you know slave to the grind guy in the background for a while. Myself, um, we we've all been doing this for a while. What do you think stands out to you as far as the the Hobie series that that just says, man, we need we need we need to raise it to that level. Or man, that that lets me know we need to do this on top of it. Honestly, uh, it's it's the quality overall. It's it's the atmosphere, it's the venues. I mean, you go in and they've got this huge backdrop. You're in usually like a you know chamber of commerce type facility, white tablecloths. Like you know, it, it's professional. It looks perfect. Like you, it looks like you just paid you know two hundred bucks to fish this event. Like it's yep. it, it makes you feel good like it is a higher level you know because the tournaments even you know the ones we run here we're used to meeting up at a pavilion or whatever you know out in the oh yeah feet. yep i mean it's it's a, a completely different vibe and and the way aj and kevin run it i mean it, it's so professional it's concise it's to the point captain's meetings are really quick the day one recap is really quick and then the awards are awesome having randy howell there was great I mean, he he had yeah, a lot of good information I, to give us. He I he's a that really was awesome. nice guy. It was. It, it really was. That was a great guy. Yeah, I've I've been able to talk to Randy a few times, and if you ever get to run into him again, talk to him about a how he loads kayaks, um, <laughs> and then and ask him about strapping them down because that in and of itself is a great story. But um, I'll tell you because he, he doesn't know. But anyway, um, the fact that he was there, I love that aspect. You know, because he. He does. He gets up and he knows, hey, I'm going to hit the following points. You know, these these are my minimums. He's yeah. that uh, – he's the under-promise, over-deliver guy. Yeah. Um, and just, just solid, great guy to talk to, very down-to-earth. But I, I love the fact that he was there. And, you know, I'm fortunate as well, you know, to be able to talk to, to Kevin and, and AJ and those guys, they do run a good event, you know, and – 
you know, you already know I've, I've taken some stuff that AJ's done and, you know, applied that to some KBF things that we do. And, yeah. uh, and there's been some vice versa, but I, you know, I, I, even at the national championship, I point blank said, Hey, look, I stole this from AJ. So, you know, yeah. Right, right in the middle of everybody. But I think, and I think that is the other piece too, thankfully where we all do communicate at that level um, and continue to try to tweak this and make it better for the anglers across the board. I, I think yeah. anyone that's been to those events this year, I mean, that's 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 the new standard that is that's that's where the bar is now anything that comes into the sport now it has to come in there or higher like that's that's it like there's not i mean that is that is what it should be it's it's a great like i said a great event it's it feels good everybody's positive you know happy uh i mean i i really enjoy fishing those events they've done a great job with it yeah yeah um can you guys hear me Okay, my, my cord came really sorry. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, it's everything Ryan said, and uh, it's that event is theirs. In order for it to run the way it does, you know, you have to have a staff in place there. You can't, like, you know, and I'm very thankful for, you know, Chad and the opportunity to do all I've done with KBF for the last four years. It's been – it's been great. Of course, it's stressful, but that's it's stressful for AJ as well. It's stressful yep. for Ryan. Anybody that does anything with directing can be stressful because in the end, you're afraid of letting somebody down uh, mm -hmm. that's paid money to come out and have a good time. And, yep. you know, what I touched on earlier was us, me fishing during these big time things, you know, I can't handle it. I can do it all. I truly know that, but it, I don't enjoy it. So, I, but I do enjoy everybody having a blast and regardless if I get to fish or not, I'll do that. And I think that's what makes the Hobie so successful is if you want a backdrop, if you want a video and a story told, you got to show up the day before and set up some stuff, you know, and if yeah. you don't have yeah. a staff in place to do that, you're never going to have it. So the days of kind of grassroots lending a hand are probably, in my opinion, about gone because this is big now. And the people who are doing this are making money off of this. So they need to be the ones to babysit it and make it what it needs to be for them. That's not saying grassroots can't do it, but or not even that it's not its job to do it. But if this is your baby, your organization, then you need to put yourself in the best position for it to grow. And in order to do that, your hands have to be on it or the staff beneath you has to be there with your hands on it. So um, that's, that's why the Hobie does well. It, because, and I think a, lo a lot know, of that's attributed a, it's to above board too. I think a lot yeah, of that right. comes on his shoulders, you know? And I agree. And that's the, the highlight that, you know, when, when he and I get a chance to talk and, hey, have you thought about this? We just kind of bounce things off each other. Um, but the benefit is he, he's an angler. You know? Exactly. He's a, he a fiercely came, competitive angler. Yeah. He came out of this like I did. Obviously, there's some age difference where I'm okay now, Steve, just like you said, when I when I go do something like the national championship or the 10, I'm good. I don't need to fish. I'm good because if, if we run that event and it's successful, I want, I'm happy as can be because everybody else gets, gets what they needed out of it, right? They're yeah. winning. And so for me, that's a huge win. Um, and, and AJ's the same way and, you know, very much does that. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, Hobie's got him set up into a place where he, he can travel to all these events. He, he hits the events. He does the setup. He does his due diligence. I mean, unless something's changed, he's judging all the damn fish as well. Exactly. And that's yes. a huge, that's a huge plus. And that's a, well, it's a plus, but it's also for him when these events get bigger, because they're going to, right? And yeah. when you start, when you start getting up there uh, to that eighty and above angler deal, and and everybody's catching fish, a lot of fish, you know, you just the time doesn't exist. So that's where you have to, you know, you have to start. Just like you said, Steve, you got to staff that up, um, and you got to have those people that you trust and that they know. Hey, here is the standard. Period. End of story. Yeah. And judging such a huge issue, like you see errors with judging a lot. I mean, 
you know, yep. and it's going to happen. I mean, the more fish you're looking at, obviously you're going to miss some things, but I, I mean, I think having somebody that has that tournament experience and knows what it means to have a bad call on a fish, uh, yep. they're going to pay a lot more attention. So I hope as they grow, you know, I hope that emphasis on the judging goes with that. And it's somebody that, you know, has that much kind of vested interest in it. Uh, that right. Keep, keep that level. That well, AJ what, said. Yeah. And what do you guys think? One of the things that I like, one of the rules I'd like to see implemented across the board is, Having, you know, your hog truck, your catch board, whatever, verified before the tournament. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, we're doing that in the state championship here in Tennessee this year. All right, yeah. I, it's one of those things, you know, I told AJ when I, when I read through everything and realized, that's, you know, that was one of the things they were doing. I loved it. Um, yeah. It re removes so, much, so many questions. And it's also one of those things, too, I mean, from just a common sense perspective. And you guys have it in your native rules and, you know, you know, which – obviously come from the cat, you know, primarily from cast, but it's, you can look at that guy's board and say, Hey, douche canoe, feel free to wash all the dirt off of it. So we can F and see your lines or <laughs> you know, there's a Sharpie right down there. Go these, these quarter inch suckers. We need to be able to see them past 13 inches. Or if you don't plan on catching a fish over 13, that's your problem. But you know, more often than not, that's those things that you see when you can't, you know, and then you start getting into question. Well, this is as long as I can verify this fish because the photo quality sucks. Yeah. You know, or whatever. So, yeah, it's uh, the, the angler's responsibility thing is something that has truly surprised me in Hobie events because there are no issues. And now that that's not a dig on KBS, KBF, FLW, Hobie, native, anything. I can't explain how there are, very few issues whatsoever from the angler side in these events. I don't, I, I don't know if it's the feel of the tournament, like I'm in the zone because I'm fishing this $205 event or what, but dude, there are no errors or, you know, complaint. I don't get it. It's pretty Well, cool. I think, you know, from, from what I've seen, number one, yeah, it's not pretty cool. It's real effing cool to be honest with you. And, and I think, from my perspective, just, you know, looking at it from the, you know, on the outside looking in, you look at the field, you look at who's fishing the events. You don't, you don't have your, for the most part, you don't have your average weekend angler in there. Yeah. That's a good great right? point. Yeah. And so yeah. you My stomach it, turned Friday morning when I totally saw who all had entered. I was yeah. like, I don't, I, I mean, don't want to fish this. No, it was a, I mean, there was a bunch of hammers sitting in that room. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's the piece of it though. Right. And, and I've yep. seen it with the FLW events that we've done. I, I, with, with few exceptions and I mean, very minor exceptions, right. Um, have had, we haven't had any issues. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, now there's been some, Hey, we don't understand this call, this call, this call. Okay, great. We can explain that. And maybe part of that's convoluted rules or the way certain things happen. But at the end of the day, you don't see a lot of these issues because of the field. It's the quality of that field. And, and everybody's got experience, you know, and, and they know, hey, shit. Yeah, no, that one's on me. So you just go off on a fish for a bad whatever it is. You're not going to hear anything we're bitching about it because they know. Yeah, no, that's on me. I don't know, man. I was just, I was hoping that fish would work, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you can. I know you can see the six SD hanging out of its mouth, but I was afraid to take it out. Yeah, now, yeah. Now that you said that, I remember. You know, Nathan Green, the guy who won the Chickamauga Hobie Bass Open down here from uh, Virginia, uh, got to know him quite a quite a bit. You know, through messaging and texting since that event. Uh, freaking awesome dude. He's a forestry guy. He allude. He's shown me so much on map study just by a little bit of texting and stuff. Uh, he, he actually had a uh-oh straight out the gate. He got there and caught like a 21 and a quarter, and it flipped his identifier because he didn't have a tourney card, and it sank. So it took him three hours to go get another one and come back. But he did, and he didn't give up because he's a professional. Yeah. He, that, was, uh, that was good to see, you know. And I hated it for him because he is such a cool dude. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, that stuff happened. So, all right, let's segue off all this good stuff. And uh, let's roll into this this native you know tournament of titans you got coming up on the fifth of October. Steve, break break this thing down, man. Yeah, man. It's uh 
you know, like much like, you know, the, the Hobie and the KBF events and our local events, you know, it's, um, it's just a pretty straightforward, simple tournament. Um, it's going to be, you know, we're fishing obviously against Jordan Lee and hopefully a few other of the, the bass boat pros. Um, it's going to be, you know, Saturday, October the 5th. Um, it's going to be at the Goose Pond Colony. Uh, I put bait and tackle down there just because it's a physical address, but it's actually the pavilion right next to it. Uh, it's going to be on Tourney X, so you can follow their leaderboard. It's your best five bass. Um, we're going to start fishing at 6 a.m. and wrap it up at 4 p.m. and come back to the check-in at 6. We're going to hammer the awards out. Sierra Nevada is a sponsor. They're going to have good suds. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's just going to be a hangout, you know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it was, was Ryan's brainstorm probably, I don't know, November last year or something like that. Yeah, it's um, been nearly a year in the in the making here. Yeah, I know it's I know it's been a long time coming, right? You know, you know, I've kind of shot the shit about this thing on a few occasions, but um, how to give everybody some perspective, right? It, it does take that long when you when you start trying to put this stuff together. So, give us a little background. I mean, on that. Th so the biggest thing, I mean, obviously getting getting native to sign off on it and take some interest in it was was step number one but kind of once we got that going you know i was like yeah i know the location where i want to have it and i know who i want to to be the td uh so we we you know approached uh goose pond about us us hosting the location there but i mean it's it's so many factors that go in you got to contact the municipalities, uh, you know, lining up the sponsorships, lining up some entertainment. Addison Johnson's going to come down and play uh, play some music that night. Um, I mean, we tried to we tried to make this as much of a kind of social gathering as we did a tournament. Uh, and I want it to be a great tournament. I do, but I thought you know the opportunity for people to to meet and hang out with Jordan, uh, you know questionably one of probably the best bass fishermen going right now overall i mean he's the kid he, he freaking catches fish anywhere Look, man, he he's like a, he's like an effort savant bro i know he's got that and freaking I mean, little just, grin too just yeah, the opportunity to fish against him like can you imagine yeah. if you beat him like you can hang your hat on that until the day you're in the ground like well we are <laughs> we we talked about this and, and i'm serious i think if if whoever if jordan does not win this event right we just need to do a live we'll jump back on we'll do a we'll record a podcast real quick and we'll just turn around and, and post it immediately but i think we make jordan do the do the majority of the interview for the winning angler <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good that'd be good i'm gonna i'm you gonna know? do everything i can to, to give him a run for his money i yeah i didn't uh you know we went i kind of used the hobie event as my pre-fishing for the native event and i found some fish and i knew i knew the fish i found weren't enough to win it but like i mean i wanted to get in the you know top six and qualify that was my my whole mission on that one and, and that worked right. out but but i got a i got a couple couple other spots that i'm gonna <laughs> pull out for this tournament yeah. of titans well I, you know i so i looked through today you got 74 anglers registered right now which i mean doesn't doesn't mean anything because we all know we all sign up late for the last oh, minute yeah. right so that's just the way that goes but I looked and I'm like, okay, well, if there's a frog bite, Brad Case, right? Because that's the only thing Brad knows how to throw is a frog. Actually, um, Brad is um, he is very nervous about the Spro Bass Boat Tournament uh, being that same weekend. He says he's not going to come fish it for safety concerns. Hey, let uh, me back up. He called me yesterday. He's in. He's in. He's in. <laughs> he, he's in. I mean, I looked today. He's still registered as of like before we started. All this right. Like, yeah. Let me check. It but was a I few mean, months ago. He was telling me yeah. he's worried about safety. Yeah, I said, no. Brad, there's there's not one Saturday starting in April that there's not four hundred bass boats on Gunners. Well, that's I mean, that's a fact. It well, doesn't matter I mean, what what you name a tournament, like that's still the same thing. Damn pond anyway. Yeah, there was two hundred in a charity tournament at the Hobie and what? It was an hour and a half before I saw a boat, you know. And they had the snag proof tournament Sunday. That was a yeah. big, a big yeah. tournament too. Yeah. So going through the going through the names, if you look at them, you got you got a few that kind of stick out to me. Obviously, Christine's coming into town. Um, uh, the the tournament's on Gunnersville. Christine's fine. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> now that man, we, we we put this thing out there. She's gonna come light your ass up. 
I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, you got Corey Dreyer. Who? There you go, Corey. Yep. <laughs> he's, al- he's already crawfishing. He said he would let me know this weekend for certain. He's probably trying so, to find somebody to so, find fish for him. So call that. him out. Yeah, call him out all you can. We need him down here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, there you go, Corey. Get your ass down there. And then here was the one. I was like, wait, what? Chad Hoover is entered in this event. So, actually, Chad was one of the first people to sign up when we announced the tournament. Yeah. I don't yep. doubt that. Yep. So, what's the over-under on him winning? He does a lot of videos down there. He knows the area. Well, I know he knows the area. I don't know. I mean, if he can outdo his Pan Am performance, I'll be impressed. <laughs> what a dick. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but here's, here's the thing, right? I mean, Chad, Chad does a lot. We, we know the guy can catch fish. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's not a question. And he, and he knows some lots of guys. there a lot. But you guys both know there's a difference in, you know, filming and tournament fishing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So that's that's my question, and and since you brought up the Pan Am performance, <laughs> you know, you you brought that shit up. Uh, I did. It, is 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 he past this tournament prime? <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know because I mean, honestly, uh, uh, being serious, uh, I remember Chad came down and fished. We all fished the KBS. Uh, where was that? Down around Orlando, Lake Martin, maybe. It was a couple years ago. But I think Chad finished like 16th or something. I mean, he caught some fish. Uh, I mean, yeah. clearly he's been fishing for so long. He's He knows how to fish. I, I mean, I'd love to see uh, come down and be competitive. I like I love a good slugfest. I'm not one to back down from <laughs> from some competition. And, yeah. and if you if you can get a little trash talk going, then that just – that, that well, lights look, me on fire. I'm ready to you rock. Ain't, listen, you ain't, you, you ain't got to do an invite for him on trash talk. <laughs> it, I know. Yep. I know. He, he'll pull a freaking, you know, G-man on you and act like he's calling two-pounders when he ain't got but two fish on the board. He'll just be dropping them. <laughs> you know? No, I'm, no, I'm excited. I hope, he, I hope he makes it down. Um, yeah, I, I think – I mean, last time I talked to him, I know he was playing on Fishnet. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see that, that he's not past his tournament prime. It does happen. Um, that's my that, – I mean, to be honest, though, if you look at the level of, of – tournament fishermen overall where the competition was you know five or six years ago when when we were getting into this even our local club and steve can attest to this i mean you know used to you could come out and if you caught three fish you stood you stood a chance at winning now in our club like just in our little bitty local club here if you don't catch like three 20 inch fish in our local tournaments i mean you're you may not even be in the top five like yeah. We have uh, – I would say we probably – yeah, we've so got easily – I think we've got 20 guys that were, if they were fishing elsewhere would, ha- would be in the state championship this weekend or next weekend for us, right. two weekends from now, yeah. I, but, I mean, you know, overall, like that's what I'm saying, guys that were, you know, crushing it in big sticks five or six years ago, now there's so many other people that's came into kayak fishing. Some guys have made the jump from bass boats. Some used to fish tournaments a long time ago and got back into it. And then some are, you know, just young guys that are that are really talented and young girls, Christine. But you know, people that that have that drive and that competitive spirit. And I mean, it's it it pushes you. You have to get better, or you'll get passed up. Yeah, and it and it does. It breaks back down to that that other you know adage of time on the water. Yep. And, and practicing your craft. I don't, you know, whether it's, if you're playing baseball, your ass better be on the field, yep. you know, um, or, or doing some, you know, video tape study. Um, but yeah, no, you got to get time on the water and there's, I'm looking at a lot of these anglers going, there's a lot of people out fishing a ton. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going like, to call it right now. I say, um, Ryan, Reed Harrington, Jordan Lee, Brad Case, John McClenny. That's my top five. If that's five, that's your people. top five. Yeah. All right. Now scramble them up because I'm not picking a winner because I'm not a sucker. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, that's my top five. Stevo right, says that. Stevo Stevo says that. Uh, <laughs> he's just jinxed every dang one of us. We're gonna be the bottom five now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ain't I superstitious, what. but I do a lot of superstitious crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There you go. So, all right, people want to find out about the Turn of the Titans. Obviously, it's on TourneyX. You guys got it. They can go to the native website, right? Yep. NativeWaterCraft.com, I believe. Yep. And uh, there's a Turn of the Titans logo, and you play click here. And at, if you can't read through that damn website, because I've been on it, if you can't read through that and figure out anything, including the rules about this tournament, then stop. Don't even just you don't even need to be on the water. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Brown typed it all up. I added a few just as such as like boundaries and the times. Yeah, he and he 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 but, could spell tournament fishing and he nailed this one. Yeah, well, that's why there's spell check. But I'm gonna tell you right now, whoever did that that page, that landing page, and did all that stuff, it's money, it's easy to get through. There's no confusion, straight down dirty to the point. And if you can't figure that out, seriously, just don't even plan on just stop. In fact, go ahead, pay the entry fee. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, there you go. You guys got anything else you want to cover down on? Uh, weekend what after else? the native one, uh, be watching Tony X for the Cash State Championship. I think we've got uh, we've got eleven clubs, so that's one hundred and ten anglers. I believe we're going to have ninety-seven pay and show up. Um, that's a two-day event. Friday, six hours. Saturday, eight hours. On Chickamauga. Uh, yep, on Chickamauga. So that's uh, the best calculations. I believe that's probably about 3500 bucks for first. Um, their Oak One Outfitters has ponied up a Yakima Rack and Roll trailer, a uh, nice. Titan 12, a Bonafide 127, something like that. Um, we've got a, a Tennessee Trailers we're raffling off for a fundraiser for our own club. Um, yeah, it's it's loaded. We've got two Ray Marine units, got six G Loomis rods. You're gonna walk away with some good stuff in this tournament and, and Tremont Taverns Ooh. catering in some burgers and we'll have beers and music and you're just you're not gonna forget this one. All right. Well, you know, news at eleven. There may need to be some good video footage on that one. Hey, yeah, you no, there will be. In. Don't you worry. Need to fly. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I, gosh, dang. You get one of Ryan's old phones, I'm in jail. No. Hey, That's you know, hey, I was going to leave that alone. I, yeah. One of the things you don't do, you don't get, you, know, you don't get Ryan and Nick Brown in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. yeah. No. You can't, get, you can't get us in the same room now. He quit fishing. <laughs> is, is he, what is his deal? I mean, outside of crappie fishing, right? Every time I see him, he's got like, I don't know. I think he was on that pontoon. He's on that pontoon boat last I saw him, and now I think he's jumped ship again to Bonafide or something. Yeah, he's I, over. He, he's over living the Bonafide life these days. I haven't talked I, to that boy in a while. I need. I'm like. I'm like like calling tomorrow now. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> just having a good time, man. He's got a good woman, got his kids. He's just out having fun. He's. Yeah, I miss the fucker, but sorry about that. I miss him, <laughs> but uh. Hey man, look. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Every I just stuck my foot in my mouth today about a guy bringing food into work that wasn't any good. So yeah, I do it all the time, all the time. There <laughs> uh, we go. I'm getting ready for you. I'm getting ready for you, Terry Golden. There'll be some one liners dropped on this Arkansas trip. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to you got to prep your palate for the best shit ever on that one. That's it, yep. buddy. All right, yeah. gentlemen. Well, hey man, I appreciate the time as always, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna need to get get back in touch and and see what we can figure out. As this uh, tournament of Titans wraps up, I think the the rap party and and the interview session will probably be a good one. One that a lot right. of listeners across the country want to hear. Yeah, maybe you'll be talking to one and two, me and him. <laughs> well, Let's I'll tell you it. what, man. Look, I got no problem doing that. But uh, here's seriously, here's the deal. We're going we're going to get Jordan on the phone too, and he's going to do part of this interview. Tell, tell me, how, you know, it's going to start off with so, Steve. Tell me how you whip my ass. He's a showman. You can tell. That little dude, he's pretty cool, ain't he, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. I like Jordan. Yeah. yeah. So. No, he's, he's a good kid. Good kid for sure. All right, man. Well, I will let you guys roll. I appreciate it as always. And uh, you guys got any, any passing words? Any any thanks out to mamas or anything? I mean, we appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk about this stuff, Richard. I've always liked your candor and, you know, level-headedness about whatever comes up. So thanks, thanks for the opportunity, and thanks for what you do for the sport. No, anytime, bro. My pleasure. The only thing that keeps me going is you guys making sure I don't do anything stupid. <laughs> when when do we do that? As, more more <laughs> well, stupid than us. More stupid well, than us. I mean, yeah. it's, at the end of the day, right? It's that I just got to. I just you know I tell people this all the time. I just got to sit and listen. 
you know, and I think, I think that's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Listen yeah. to you guys. It's something cause you know, Hey, you know, 60% of the time you guys are right. A hundred percent of the time. So, <laughs> I mean, if you just kind of, do that, you know, <sighs> I just, I just got to know what that 40% number, you know, where that is. Yeah. Well, the good but thing I, about you I, is I you... don't need to wear a PFD. I don't care if it's in the rules. Shut up. You're just gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah we do. We appreciate everything. You're uh, you're you're one of the the good people who doesn't have an overinflated opinion of themselves. So no, you, mine's uh, very under, right. mine's very underinflated. I'm, I'm yeah. more of the uh, self-deprecating guy, you know. Yeah. So, so wait, before it. we before we get off here, Richard, I yeah. was told to ask you one question. All right. Why do leaders eat last? Oh, you talked to Christine, huh? <laughs> yep. So. There's, there's, that's, that's a long deal, but at the end of the day, it's, you got to put your people first, period. Yep. Amen. Right. And, and that's for, for that entire reference, there's a, and if you don't want to sit down and actually read the book, you're going to have to, you can listen to it on, on audible, uh, but a shout out to Simon Sinek, um, who's the author of why eaters eat last, but yeah, it's a, it's a good book. It's one of those things, Christine and I always kind of go back and forth with leadership stuff and, um, it's one of those things that absolutely, to be honest with you, drives me effing crazy is, and it and exists in our community and, and it exists in the business world, obviously, but it's the, the gross majority of people that are in charge of stuff that don't comprehend how to take care of their people. Yep. You know, and, uh, it, it's just, it's the thing that probably, dri- you know, drives me the craziest. So, and I think that, I think that's a big uh, indicator of if someone is a good leader, you can look at the people that are working with them or for them and, and look at their attitudes and how much effort they're willing to put forth. If you got somebody that's happy and you're, you're heading in the same direction and you know, you're both building the same thing, uh, they work a lot harder and do a lot better job. I think, uh, you know, I think that kind of speaks to the leadership quality. Uh, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, there's a, we could go on, this is an entire, I mean, we could go on this one for another hour and I know none of us have that kind of time. But uh, that's, you know, what we, we, we can do Christine. I've actually put off uh, our podcast interview, mine with her until uh, Simon Sinek's next book is out, which it's actually out. We're waiting on an audio because, you know, I'm, I spend so much time in the truck as you can attest to. Um, I'm just going to listen to it while I'm on the road, but we decided to put it off until then. So we can have some more topics. So maybe this is one where we just do a, a good group chat. Um, and, and talk about some great leadership principles because I think it applies, especially in our community where we are surrounded by really, you know, really good people. Um, yeah. Yeah. That and in some instances, it seems confident. like the, yeah. the jack legs get the, the audience, but uh, yeah. And, and that's, and that, and that is my piece of it too is, you know, are you worried about making a name for yourself? Are you worried about taking care of the sport, building the community? And it even goes back to the thing you were talking about. That's a grassroots piece, right? And yeah, at the end of the day, we're. I think that's where our community exists. Yeah, Mike Cheetah and I were talking about how in the kayak world, why are we different? It seems like, and I alluded or touched on the the Yak Attack tournament and the Fishing for Soldiers tournaments. When you see these people that are affected by what these charity events are doing, it you understand that we are like minded and we're just drawn to one another. And that's why our community is that way. And uh it's just it's right. You know, Mike Cheatham wrote a really good piece and it's uh you know, we're we've got a community there and, and I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, when you when you look around you know, it's as if you're walking through a forest and, you know, you're lost and you look and there's two or three people. Hey, you're like me. You conjure together. You keep walking. You look, there's three or four more people. Hey, you're just like me. Eventually, you've got the village and that's what we have. And when you see trees falling, you replant them. And that's all of us have that kind of mind and you just gravitate. People have asked Ryan and I continuously, how do you guys have what you have in TBKA? We don't know. It just <laughs> happens organically. It's just the people, you know, and that's, that's just right. what's awesome. If we didn't have Jody Campbell, Garrett Campbell, Daniel Davis, Reed Harrington, Terry Golden, Brad Golden, Robert Barnett, and all that, had they not trickled through here, we wouldn't have what we've got. No, but we, we've got them, 
and and we all work together, you know. So that's what's awesome yeah. is when well, we speak, you know. Yeah, and I think it goes back around to what we were talking about earlier, you know, when, when other tournament organizations bring events into your area, right? And for the most part, you know, we know damn well because we've experienced it. They're going to reach out and communicate with you about it, right? You're going right. to yeah, you're gonna have a clue. And it's not always going to happen. But at the end of the day, the communication piece is, is the huge thing. And, you know, and I think competition is a good thing. You know, co- competition, you know, brings innovation. It makes things better. Um, KBF is better because of Hobie, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Hobie is going to be better because of the, the FLW piece of KBF. You know, I, I think that's going to that's gonna increase things there. And, and let's be honest, there's more coming. You know, we know that. There's more. We're coming down the pipe 2020. I think it's going to be another big growth year uh, in the sport. And it's going to continue to get tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked, which is the idea. We can't stay stagnant and get better. So, and, and my, you know, guys that are, that are running trails, I mean, yep. these are opportunities for your anglers. You're not, we're not running, Steve and I, we're not running something that's on the level of the KBF events or on the level of the Hobie events. We're not, that's, it's a different tier and, and we're not there. So by us, if, you know, if we push those out, that's, that's depriving our guys of, of that opportunity. So, you know, you got to keep an open mind and, and kind of appreciate the fact that, that these events are coming to your backyard. And that's one more thing that your guys can fish and qualify for these, you know, these big events like the TOC. I mean, that's, that's going to be an elite level championship event. So, uh, I mean, we gotta we gotta be ready for that kind of stuff, and don't you know, don't tie yourself too tight one way or the other. Make sure and and entertain all all opportunities that come your way. Yeah, and support Absolutely. it. Support it. You know. Uh, you, well, you know yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. No, I think we're on the same page. And I think at the end of the day, too, if you're not supporting those things, you know, twelve months, twenty four months down the road, when you're looking for a sponsor for your trail because it's ready to grow a little bit. Trust me, that tournament organization is probably going to getting you know asked about. Hey, you guys have run events here. You guys have interfaced with these guys. What's it like? And if you're the village idiot, they're going to tell you you're the village idiot. Yeah. Tell them, yeah. hey, no, these guys, these guys were not. They didn't help. They weren't supportive. They didn't do the following. And and you, the the tournament director or the, the club, the guy that's running the club, the president, you're not the one that's suffering. Right, right. It's your. Yep. And that gets and, back and, to that. And as, as, as it's our job, you know, leading these clubs to speak for the anglers. Don't speak, you know, don't shoot from your hip. Don't shoot your mouth off. We have a lot of issues that come up. And Steve and I both have, you know, pretty strong opinions, and we stick to those most of the time. But when it comes down to the club, nine times out of ten, we post it in the club page, and we get input from, from our members and our board of directors before we make a statement you know, on behalf of the club. And I think that's probably right. a good takeaway, you know, best practice to share there. Yeah, no, and, and I completely, I, I love that because that's, I mean, from my experience in the military, that was one of the things when my commanding officer would ask me a question, you know, there's a lot of things I inherently knew the answer to, but more often than not, regardless of the answer that I had in my head, I, I would be, let me talk to the chiefs and I'll get back to you. Yeah. yeah, and I learned you know, that. I, I work in chemical plants my whole life, and OSHA, Tasha comes through. They ask a question, I'm not answering it. I'll go get someone to give us the correct information because, you know, one write up from those guys and you're done. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's a uh, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah, gentlemen. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye again. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>